for this day uh, months ago, I came up with a theme which I would like to pursue today, both through talks, discussion, certain and certain exercises, which are mostly mindfulness practices that you can do both either sitting or, or walking. And that'll be in addition to some regular just quiet sits where you can practice however, however you feel most comfortable. The theme I'd like to explore was or is the concoctings of mind and heart. This is a rather broad um, theme because it can be interpreted any way, a number of ways. But I'd like to give it a little bit of focus. Concoctings is my favorite translation of the word sankharas, which is commonly translated formations. However, that word does nothing for me, whereas I think concoctings evokes uh, some mad scientist in a lab somewhere with bubbling chemicals or maybe a Frankenstein on a slab. And I think that kind of images is maybe more relevant to our minds than formations, which to me sounds geological. Although there is a certain geological layering of stratum of stuff in our minds as well. So you can use both words. But uh, I've always been partial to concoctings. Ever since my teacher uh, brought it up once, he was Thai, but he, since he was a kid, he had an English dictionary that he liked to look through and often uh, would suggest translations that turned out to be efficacious or even brilliant. Uh, when I look concocting up in the dictionary for the first time, it comes from a French word, Old French, that means to cook together. And that's, I would say, an even better literal translation of sankara than formations, which you'll hear rendered as mental formations, volitional formations, karmic formations, depending on context. So today I'd like to pull our attention to uh, concocting and explore some of the ways our minds concoct. Generally in Pali, um, this word has a very broad meaning, which won't be the focus today because one meaning of sankharas or concoctions are all impermanent things. Anything that has arisen due to causes and conditions is a sankara or concoction, formation, compound, fabrication being other translations. That's the broadest meaning. But often sankharas is used in a more limited sense of mental formations, the concoctings of mind and heart 
that is today's title. And by this, I basically mean thoughts and emotions. Due to the history of Western thought and, you know, the swings back and forth between, say, rationalism and romanticism, to just give a, a general sense of the way our cultural philosophical history has ping-ponged around, uh, we tend to make a big deal about the difference between mind and heart, and similarly between thought and emotion. The Buddha did not. Um, and so in Pali, and I think this gives rise to a certain amount of confusion in Buddhist circles, and then depending whether we come to Buddhism with a more rationalist emphasis, which happens, uh, but there's often uh, those of us who bring a more romanticist or emotive approach. Uh, I don't want to bias one or the other because in a way, neither are the middle way. Um, there might be an overlap between the two where we might find the middle way. <clears throat> but my own approach is to keep going back to the, the Pali teachings of what seemed to be the best record we have of the historical Buddha's understanding. And there we find terms like jita, which encompasses mind and heart in English. And similarly, sankhara is both thought and emotion. And in my own experience, I don't see any real way to separate the two. With any linguistic distinction, we can, we can make a distinction on the level of um, language. But in actual experience, as far as I can tell, thought and emotion are more or less inseparably uh, intertwined. When we think, there will be emotion around the thinking, and thinking keeps the emotion going. If there's emotion, it's going to be fed and um, steered or influenced by, by thoughts. So when I speak today about sankharas or concoctings, I, I want to use it with this meaning, that it's both thinking and emoting as the activity of giving birth to new stuff over and over again, especially what Buddhism calls samsara, the cycles of birth and death. And my own preference regarding those is to focus on the birth and death that we can explore today in our own experience. And so that's, that's the birth and death of so-called reactive emotions or uh, kilesas, the Pali word, usually translated defilements, such as greed, hatred, fear, and delusion. And with that, at the core of reactive emotion is the birth of me, 
or what used in the early Buddhism, as well as certain Hindu traditions, Vedanta, for example, is called eye-making and mind-making, ahankara, mamankara. So this samsara is this rebirthing of ourselves over and over again, the rebirthing and then the death of all those little me's, all those little egos, those illusions of self, the identities, and all the stances we take, how sometimes it's greedy, sometimes it's irritated or angry, other times it's worried or fearful, sometimes it's envious or bored or just confused or deluded. So this is a very broad theme that I'd like to keep coming back to today as we sit, walk, reflect, and discuss. I'd like to close this short introduction with a quote that I've been reflecting on uh, a lot since a friend gave me a book on Mahamudra last summer. This is attributed to the Tibetan teacher, actually I believe he's Indian, uh, Saraha, and it goes as follows. Even though water is soft, it turns solid like a rock if stirred by wind. An ignorant mind, if stirred by thought, turns the, turns the formless into a solid entity. Let me read that again. Even though water is soft, it turns solid like a rock if stirred by wind. I think if you're living up in uh, the Himalayas, solid means ice. And water, if it's cooled by, by constantly blowing wind in certain locations at least, turns solid like a rock. It's also possible this could refer to something like a whirlpool. This is used as an image which I quite like for the way an ignorant mind can be stirred by thought. So I I, want to just leave this image and observation with you that water can become solid or at least appear to be solid when whipped by wind and think of that whipping and we might even have some windy weather today Uh, there was uh, the other night in Wisconsin I heard you had some strong winds here Thursday night as well so those kind of images can help us observe what happens in our own minds when thought 
is whipping the ignorant mind. I'll, we can reflect more on the role of ignorance here, but for now, the mind that doesn't understand the nature of thought, mind that is not able to see directly into the nature of mind, as well as things like thought and emotion, turns the formless into a solid entity. And so we create realities that may not actually be there. It would be easy to quote all kinds of political stuff from the last seven years of how seeming realities are out of thought and propaganda and so on and taken to be real with huge consequences. Similarly, we do this every time we get angry, uh, make ourselves afraid, become greedy, envious, proud, and even with boredom. Some seemingly solid reality is concocted because mind lacks, at that moment, insight into its own nature. And so it, it buys into what thoughts and emotions are, are telling it. Later, I'd like to connect that with some very important teachings from the Pali Suttas. But for now, I'd like to just use this phrase and these images as background for, for today's practices and explorations. <clears throat> 